Matt Wensing is back. Back. To Canada and back. <laughs> Where did you go? You went all over the place. I did. Um, I was less all over the place than a year ago, but we did the family trek from... We flew from Austin to Denver, and then we drove from Denver uh, through Big Sky, Montana, then up to Banff, uh, Banff Alberta, uh, National Parks up there. And then on the way back, we went through Glacier. But I skipped part of it. Well, after we landed in Denver, we actually drove to Yellowstone National Park. So we, we saw, including the ones we just drove through, so we actually visited three national parks, meaning we spent quality time there. We drove through uh, two other ones. So a total of five national parks in uh, 14 days. Nice. Did you get an annual pass then? Uh, we we actually do get an annual pass. It's cool. That's the hundredth uh, anniversary of the national parks um, system that they've been celebrating for the last year. And what they do to encourage uh, families to visit is they give free passes to families that have uh, children that are in the fourth grade. And oh. just just so happens that both my son entered the uh, my son was finishing fourth grade when we went last year. And our twins are entering fourth grade this year. <laughs> so, so we were able to use that and uh, save about 150 bucks, I guess, on admission to all those great places, which would be totally worth it, by the way. But um, it was a nice little perk. I was so upset when we were visiting the U.S. Uh, a few months ago. And we they convinced us to get the annual pass. And then we drove to the next park. And then we found out it's a state park. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> Wait, I'm like, you're going to find another park that's a national park. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 They're like, I'm sorry, sir. This is this is a state park. Uh, yeah. Not, not federal. Yeah. Those, those rookie people. error for my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That actually happened to us last year. We we had that pass and I pulled up and I we were going to do a little little short little hike in uh, Oregon and pulled up to the place where you're supposed to drop in your money. And there was a there was a state park ranger there. And I asked her and she's like. No, sir. I'm sorry. This is uh, not one of those. It's like, ah, oh, man. So I had to drop an extra five bucks into the box, but um, always worth it. Uh, we 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 love those places, and we live in the suburbs here in Austin. So anytime I can get the kids out into nature, I mean, they love it. Um, it's nice. Just, yeah. So that was fun. I did like your line though in the last podcast. It said Matt made it to Canada. <laughs> you, usually, that's a phrase that you hear when uh, <laughs> someone's trying to. Get into somewhere, uh, perhaps under uh, false premises. But I, <laughs> the the funny part about that is we did have a bit of anxiety because uh, my wife's passport did not arrive in time for our trip. Oh, yeah, and they make this big fuss uh, on the web and in the official channels that you have to have passports now, even to drive into Canada from the United States. It turns out, if there's any of our listeners that are worried about that, it's not true. Uh, you still can drive. Now you can't fly, but if you're driving mm. um, in this, I think is going to depend on personalities a bit, but we were entering through some pretty rural, uh, what they call ports of entry in Montana. Nice people, <laughs> um, less stressed out than the people that have to do like the Niagara Falls crossings, et cetera. Um, and they, uh, they accepted birth certificates and um, you know other official documents to prove we were U.S. citizens to go in and out, which was a huge relief. It was one of those moments where I was pulling up going, please don't ruin our vacation. <laughs> um, so we were, we were, I did make it to Canada is the punchline. And um, it was good. great. It was great. Canada was wonderful. So, But it's also good to have you back. And uh, it's good that you've been keeping up with the pod. 
Yeah, yeah. I think I, you did very well, Peter. Uh, you, you're, <laughs> you're you're the host, so it's <laughs> cool. great. Yeah. So, uh, do we have any updates this week? Are you back in the in the grind? I am, I am, and I have to say, I feel I feel ground. <laughs> hmm. uh, it was a very busy manager week and yeah. a under underwhelming not underperforming because my expectations were that I would not get much of anything done on the maker side this week but underwhelming maker week um, so I have pretty much nothing on the maker side on the manager side first of all was all the meetings that I punted to after my vacation and I was very happy I had one meeting on a two-week vacation and it was not uh simsas related it was for some other some other stuff i'm uh i'm working on um with a friend so that that was fine uh it was great to only have 30 minutes of of work distraction on a vacation for once <laughs> but mm-hmm. but when i got back all the other meetings that i had postponed uh hit me and they were all they were all very good i'm glad i had them like they were super productive in the in the sense of producing results. Like I was able to finish those meetings and come back and check things off my list. But uh, as I was just saying, actually on the podcast I did with Rob uh, Walling, uh, they were all sales related. And because of that, I just felt drained afterwards. Mm. And so they went well. Um, actually got some new trialing recurring revenue in the door. So new new people committing with their credit cards and willing to sign up. Um, which felt great, and also a very, very large potential partnership that um, I was able to kind of walk into, and that was thrilling. I mean, I came back from that one going, okay, I think I'm going to have a lot of distribution out of this and and real, real traction and just great long term possibilities with that one, but. You know, I had, it took it took me half an hour to drive there, half an hour to drive back. It was in the city in Austin, and uh, and then it was like an hour and a half meeting where I was just talking the whole time and about the future and what I was working on. And I just came home. It was like two o'clock, but I was like spent. <laughs> just wow, a physical meeting. Yeah, in yeah, person. yeah. Have you had any of those yet for branch? <laughs> well, maybe in my manager update. I don't know if it counts as a meeting, but I'll let you decide. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll let you share then. But um, the the summary would be uh, very busy manager week, sales progress across the board. Checked in with my existing subscribers, made sure that I'm going to be talking to them again soon. I've actually got one more to follow up with today. Um, but then next week, I'm really excited about shifting into maker mode um, and just being heads down on product. And the segue to that is, uh, might have shared this in the, on a previous episode, but I have. Uh, recruited a friend of mine who is a CTO at a startup, actually two startups um, in the past to basically gonna start out very light where he's just kind of pair programming, pair programming with me. Nice. Um, yeah. I'm going to try out tuple. Um, so plug for, uh, for Ben and company. Um, so I'm going to try out tuple for that. And he's just going to look over my shoulder and help me get just unblocked on okay, I know I need to do these integration tests, these unit tests, um, some end user uh, kind of front end testing. I want to get going on that. I also want to get going on just kind of better overall, um, more scalable architecture for the system as I bring on more and more customers and prepare mm-hmm. for more of a public self-service launch um, 
by October is the goal. So having him just look over my shoulder and say like, why are you in this file? <laughs> like this, or, you know, the configuration you're looking for is over here. Like just stuff mm-hmm. like that, where normally you Google for it, um, or I would Google for it is, uh, I'm really excited about that. So then we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll see how his availability is. Maybe he'll even, um, do some work. I gave him access to GitHub, uh, to look at the project and he's an experienced nice. Django. Yeah. Experienced Django and Python developer, which is what I'm using for SimSAS. So, um, and he's used Heroku before. So just a really awesome fit. And we've worked together. I've actually known him since high school, believe it or not. So, hmm. <laughs> so uh, excited about that's this afternoon. So that'll be a really nice bridge to next week where uh, it's going to be hopefully 90% maker time and uh, take all of the manager stuff that I learned this week and put it into action. And I feel like I've got a lot of clarity on the roadmap for the next six weeks. I'd say through the end of August. So I don't expect that I'll be totally heads down for the next six weeks on maker stuff, but um, I don't really feel like I need any other validation or input. It's like, I know what to do. I just got to do it. It's really a zero sum game with the, with the maker versus manager stuff. It does. It doesn't feel that way. Like yeah. they do not, they are oil and water, man. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> very hard to get them together. I think the only times where I've had what felt like a blend is, you know, somebody asked me for something, I work on it for an hour, I, I, I push it, it's live, they go test it, like some very short cycle, you know, feedback to deployment mm-hmm. um, interactions can feel like those two circles are overlapping. But otherwise, you're right, like the ne'er the twain shall meet, like they don't want to they just don't want to go together. No. Nope. <laughs> um, those so yeah. uh, those meetings you were having, where where did you get those? How did they come into? Yeah. It was was it inbound leads or did you reach out to people or? So I have a very basic funnel. Um, the funnel right now is I've got a form on the website which is ConvertKit powered, and it says if you'd like if you'd like early access, uh, put in your email address and name here. People have done that. Um, I've got got about 450 uh, on the email list today, uh, or as of today. Um, out of those 450, I mean, probably 200 or so of them came through a different, let's say, funnel, so they didn't get the what I'm about to say. But then uh, the other 200 or so have gotten an email back, and this is the new way of doing things, so everybody from here on out will get this. Uh, an email back that says, here's a survey that you can fill out. It's a Google form. Um, it's only got three questions. And if you fill out this three, three question survey, two of which are short answer, um, I will, uh, I, I can read those and decide if somebody's potentially a really good fit for like an early, early group access. Um, so the, kind of the first 10 customers that I'm looking for. So people fill out that survey and based on those answers, I can reach out to them and say, Hmm, like your business sounds really interesting. Uh, your way of doing things sounds interesting. So I should say. The questions um, feel like they're working really well, so I'll share those. The first one is, uh, tell me how you do forecasting today for your business. Um, and people have just an open box, and I give them a little lead-in, which is like, hey, we grab these data files, we look at this um, these KPIs, and we put together an Excel spreadsheet, like for example. And so they give me their story, basically, of how they do it today. And then the next question is, uh, tell me why that way of doing things isn't good enough. So I force them to sell me on why they have sufficient pain um, for me to reach out to them. Good idea. So if they, 
Yeah, if they fill it out and they're like, oh, well, I don't know. It's kind of just annoying. <laughs> you know, nobody's out of those, out of those. Um, so I've had 23 people fill that out so far. So over 10% have filled out that survey. Um, they fill it out. I can read those. And then I say, what's the name of your business and what tools do you actually use today? Um, so I've gotten 23 of those. The meetings that I had this week, multiple of them came from those, me reaching back out and saying, hmm, like this sounds like a strong enough fit that you, I'd like you to be in the next batch. Um, and then one of the meetings was because, um, and that was the one in Austin, uh, the folks I met with were investors in my previous company and also have a lot of, just a lot of experience with forecasting and investing and um, have a lot of the problems that I'm interested in solving with the product. So that was why I had that meeting. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> they, they're all warm and um, inbound for the most part um, with the one exception. So, uh, and those went well out of those meetings, let's just say I had, I think I had four, um, I had other meetings this week, but out of the four sales meetings I had, no, I had more than that. Let me go back. I think I had six sales meetings this week. Out of those six, I'd say only one I thought about as not being a good fit. The other five were, were very good fits for what I'm doing. And I'm overall kind of taking a step back as a manager. I've been working on the my first 10 customers goal. Um, and I feel like I'm going to end up stopping short of 10. I feel like with with somewhere between five and seven um, subscribers, I feel like I have a large enough constellation where the use cases they cover and their interest and their depth of engagement is high enough that I've got kind of all the validation I need. Um, you know, nothing's particularly magical about 10. Uh, would have been nice, but I feel like 10 would actually be a little, overwhel a little overwhelming at this point, to be honest. They'll keep you busy, man. Yeah, yeah. These, these first five to seven will keep me very busy. And four of those are investors. Um, out of those seven potential, and those four investors all have portfolio companies that they're introducing me to. So when you think about the number of companies I'm actually talking to and working with on the on the platform, it's actually more like 25. Um, so 25 different companies worth of data connecting to the platform is more than enough to keep me busy. Very cool. Yeah, doing a, doing a very similar thing with the questionnaire and stuff. Um, so for the manager stuff this week, I uh, was doing a very similar thing because um, last last week I talked about how um, how I'm about to start inviting people in basically again from scratch um, to the app and starting to do do the sales stuff. Um, so the way I've set it up right now, I actually tweeted about this as well because um, some people were asking me about it. Um, but right now I have a similar thing as you do, where you can request an invite on the website. And then after people do that, they um, they get they go into ConvertKit, obviously, and then they get a Google form. And in that Google form, I basically ask them like which how they work, basically, if they're an agency or a freelancer or if they're a product business, because um, freelancers or agencies are two very different beasts to sell to. And um, then... I ask them um, for their company website because most, I don't know, developers, they have a tendency to not use their company email when they sign up uh, and right. I want to know who they work for. Uh, so sometimes it's like a Gmail and like a number something. And then when you get the company, it's like one of the largest WordPress agencies. Um, 
So that's kind of the way I do it now. And then after they fill out that form, I'll reach out to them manually. And I have a template for like kind of how I ask them about more specific questions about their use case, just to see how they would like if they would be a good fit at the moment. But I, I do like customize that a little bit. Maybe if it's someone I know or if I know their company or yeah, just kind of based on a little quick research, I, I may customize that a little bit. And that seems to be working pretty well. The thing I talked about last week as well was that I'm having a little bit of uh, resistance when I try to get people on calls because developers are so introverted. Um, so what I did this week is I sent out a lot of screencasts um, with like a, a t customized, personalized demo for them. And um, I feel like it's working pretty well so far. Um, I'm, I'm how, does that, how does that resistance show up? I mean, do people just not respond to requests for meetings or do they just say, they, I'm really busy? They just flake. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So they actually, some of them have committed and then not shown up. Yeah. Like sometimes they mm -hmm. just don't book a meeting and then sometimes they just don't show up and they always have excuses. And it's like, if I ask them questions or if I ask them to do stuff, they'll just get back to me within five minutes. But then I ask them to like book a meeting and they just don't do it. <laughs> so, yeah. That's that maker manager thing yeah. again. You're trying to sell to make, trying to sell to makers. Yeah. So that's so, uh, interesting. So I'm just trying different things with a few people. I was just, I just sent them an, an uh, onboarding link as well. And then basically just like send like a few bullet points of how I would configure their projects. And uh, like the reason I wanted to do the, the screencast is to make sure that they were like just to make sure that they had a, a reasonably good chance of actually getting started with the product because it it is it requires a little bit of knowledge about how things work in there um but something i'm going to talk about in my maker update is that i i launched these templates and actually i found that after like now that i have these templates that they can use actually the people I've asked to like onboard themselves have been pretty successful so far. So I don't know. I'm getting closer to self-serve, I guess, which is pretty good. Um, yeah, so, that's yeah. great. And uh, yesterday I sent out my first invoice as well, like recurring, the first recurring payment for branch. So uh, hopefully that's going to be sorted out today. Fantastic. Yeah, that's exciting. And then another thing I did yesterday is that's the physical meeting I was referring to earlier. I went fishing with uh, someone I know, but he's also an angel investor. So I was kind of joking that maybe it actually did count. <laughs> it, 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 it does count. It definitely counts. It probably will. That, the fact that it counts might show up yeah. later when he says that he wants to be involved in your next round yeah. of funding if you do that. Which he's already <laughs> said, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually, um, a question for on, on your invoice, uh, if I yeah. can ask with the listeners listening, uh, was that a monthly annual? What, monthly. What, what kind of was it? Okay. Yeah. And so uh, will that be automated out of Stripe or something? Yeah, I found out like a really, I kind of like a workaround to how you can do it with Stripe without signing up for something like Chargebee. So the trick is to like create like one of those invoices in Stripe where they, they, they collect the money for you. So they'll send a payment link, but then the problem is every month they're going to send like a payment link. So the customer will have to go in every month and try to, oh, and like manually pay the invoice, which of course sucks. Um, so the first month you send 
the, like you choose the manual option where they pay it themselves. And then after they pay it, you can go in because then now Stripe has their billing information. So after that, you can go in and flip it over to um, automatic billing, basically. So, so there's like a manual step there. But so mm -hmm. far, it's, for me at least, it was like easier than signing up for something like Charge B or Chargeify or Recurly or whatever they're called. Yeah, the, the yeah. billing billing management systems. That um, that's great that you found that. I do think. I mean, Stripe has amazing APIs and and high quality products. All that's great, and people praise them rightfully so. However, it is funny to me that here we are as founders starting businesses that want to take credit cards and we choose Stripe by default. And I, I think it would be the exception to find a founder that hasn't run into some use case or scenario where Stripe doesn't do what they wish it just did. I do want to say this invoicing stuff they, they do now, they didn't have that a year ago, I think. And it's, it's been improving oh, a lot. And now you can actually do metered billing and like tiered pricing and stuff like that. So I think they're going cool. hot after some of those integrations, actually. It's interesting to that see how sense. it's going to, like how much is going to be left yeah. for Charge B and those guys. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm using Charge B now, but it's one of those things that I, I kind of have to reevaluate yeah. every so often because, um, you know, Stripe is not going to sit back and um, settle for a certain uh, use case or market yeah. share. Cool. Next week, I'm going to have a pretty interesting meeting slash demo. Um, it it I was reminded when you said that you were kind of like trying to have people, you try to flip it, flip it around so people are like kind of have to pitch you on why they need the product. Um, but there is this yeah. very large uh, WordPress agency, uh, like one of the biggest ones. And in the past few months, I think I've had like, I've spoken to at least five people from their company. I think four of them requested an invite for branch. And every time I talk to them, they're telling me that they use Travis, which is a competitor to branch basically. Um, and that they're pretty happy with that. But like also their developers keep signing up for branch. So like there must be something that is not working yeah. out exactly like as they wanted to. Um, That's so great. the last person I spoke to was like their lead front end developer, I think. And uh, I met him when I was at in uh, Berlin as well. Um, and he uh, he's basically setting up a meeting next week for, I think, three or four of us to basically do like a demo and then <laughs> see what it can awesome. do. So, yeah, that's I just found it funny that they just keep signing up. Yeah. Individually. Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, I I have used that and been coached to use that in enterprise sales before where when you have a fear that like in this case, Travis is is good enough, just go straight yeah. at it. And especially in those early calls where they're, they're excited, there's a lot of momentum, like they made the decision to spend time to yeah. talk to you. Um, they're not going to suddenly flip and say why they no. don't need you. So in that context is a perfect time to say things like, I would think that Travis's features XYZ, you know, whatever it is that you don't have, like, I would think those would be really important for you exactly. guys, given your size or whatever. Just throw those kinds of objections yeah. out. And they will, because of the context, they will then say, actually, you'd be surprised. Like, we don't even use those features. And like, sometimes people complain about them because they're, you know, too complicated or whatever it is. And I think what you're doing <laughs> is 
they will say that out loud. They will then remember that you've now basically created some, like I like to think of them, kind of some antibodies, yeah. right, in them, which now when you're in the larger setting and you have that big table with all the influencers and decision makers and somebody who hasn't joined the, just joined the conversation yesterday, who can often railroad or derail um, your sale will say, well, what about features X, Y, Z? You guys don't have those. Suddenly those people <laughs> will remember that and they'll, they'll go, yeah, but we were talking before and we talked about how we don't really, and if you haven't done that previously, yeah. that other, that will otherwise be the first time they hear that and it will stop them and they'll go, yeah, I hadn't thought about that yeah. yet. Right. And, and, and now you're stuck. So it's, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Humans are, <laughs> humans oh, are amazing. <laughs> yeah. I've had humans. it a few times. Like when I tell people like, you probably can't use branch cause like you need to, your project needs to be structured this way. It, it, that was how it was like a few months ago. Like they need to have a very specific structure in the Git repository to use it. They'd be like, well, maybe I can just change it. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. But that's like a lot that's of great. work. Are you sure you want to do that? Yeah. Well, I want to try this. <laughs> Yeah. It's worth it. It's worth it. Not uh, that is great. And um it's it's bold, but it, yeah. it really works. So well, good, well, it's cool. good man. I've had such a good week this week and last week. Um I don't know, I've just been more motivated than I ever remember being. Um just like flying out of bed in the morning at like five thirty and like a few nights this week I was working until almost midnight and I usually go to bed at ten. I I just been really that's, motivated. That's and great. um I just feel like after all the refactoring stuff, I'm just like kind of ready to just really get started again. Um, and That's I just great. feel like a really good pull. And I had a lot of people sign up in the past two weeks and just, I'm just, I just have a really good week and I just kind of want to share that. Um, That's great. That's, yeah. that's great. You're kind of, you're in that, uh, that slingshot. Yeah. Um, flying, flying up into the right, just in terms of morale. That's that's great. I, so on the um, on the maker front, I um, I had such, I, I had a really big, I don't know. I had something I always wanted to build for Branch that I I thought was going to happen in maybe like two or three months when I had more time, um, which is these sorts of like predefined steps or templates. So it would be really easy to set up a new project. You just basically like pick and choose from this menu. Um, and then last week I just started playing around with it a little bit. And I just, instead of having this glorified marketplace, I just created a, a dropdown of like different ideas for these templates. And then basically I just added like in my code, I just added these like JSON objects with how the fields would be populated if you pick those templates. So like extremely basic, poor man's version of what I wanted to build. And then I, it, it took me like a few hours to build. And then I tried it out and I was just surprised about how good it was. So I just started That's like wonderful. recording these GIFs and screencasts and stuff and sharing it on Twitter. And everyone was really excited about it. And I was like, yeah, this is really good. <laughs> That's great. And this has, this has, as I mentioned, like people are able to sign themselves up and get started now because they just pick from a drop down what they want to do. And then it does, it just kind of works. It's just amazing. Intelligent default. I mean, that's awesome. Uh, intelligent defaults are so powerful if you can yeah. get those right. And 
like as you've said before, the fact that you're focused on WordPress means that you have this unfair advantage to a more yeah, generic yeah, tool yeah. where you you know people have these certain yeah. habits or needs or routines. Actually, I posted yeah. a video on, on on Facebook and someone wrote a comment that said, "Devil's Advocate, GitLab is a free tool that can do the same thing." And I was like, "That's not being devil's advocate. That's just like not understanding what's going on because." There are a ton of different tools you could use for free, but there's also like why 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 does hosting companies exist? It's because people don't want to have like a big server in their living room. I mean, it just uh, makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the that's that's never going to no. go away. That's never going to go away. I, I think. Gosh, I mean, I saw an I saw an interaction recently where somebody was bashing Heroku, um, and because they were saying, well you know, here's all the things I can do instead. And it was like all these DevOps workflows and things they can do by working directly with AWS. And um, it's like, do the same people reflect on the fact that before there was AWS, you could have done all the AWS yeah, yeah. stuff yourself? <laughs> like, like higher levels of abstraction generally play out well for the people that don't need more customization. You know, the, the, I, I like dragging a slide for now, at least. I like being able to drag a slider and have two more servers yeah. running for my web traffic. I mean, I, I cannot think of how to do that more cheaply. No, currently. I mean, you could do everything <laughs> so. yourself if you wanted to. But sure. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Why would you? But where's the difference? Yeah, where's the differentiation? I, I do not think that I can create differentiated value in how I manage the servers that run SimSense. Well, I think if you're a hobbyist or something, <laughs> like I'm making my own olives right now, which is stupid. From like yeah. an economic point of view, <laughs> right, right. But that's I not like a business, making my own, at least not yet. <laughs> but I'm not gonna tell like good, if, good. if I'm, I'm not gonna tell everyone I know that they're stupid for buying olives because they can just make it themselves. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, right? And if somebody starts an olive company, you know, and there's certain parts of that process they choose to outsource, you know, you're not gonna tell them that they should be handcrafted. I'm not gonna everything. go to the supermarket and stand next to the olives and be the devil's advocate. <laughs> 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 Don't you guys realize what you could be doing instead? Um, that's yeah. great. Well, we're oh, totally running out of time choices. here because we have so much to talk about because you were gone for yeah. two weeks. Um, I yeah. have something really exciting I'm going to work on next week. I'm actually going on vacation, so I have like a little side project I want to work on, and it's an integration with a hosting company. And um, mm. I'm talking to someone at that hosting company about some possibilities that that they have that no other hosting company have basically and that no one else is doing. So I'm just, I can't wait to start hacking on this. Just be like mm. on a porch somewhere with a glass of wine hacking on this and then see how far I get. Um, but hopefully that's something we can that's talk great. about next week. Yeah, yeah. that sounds great. That sounds cool. like fun. So do you want to just stop here? We had a few questions, but we can save them for next week. Yep. Yep, I think that's wise. So cool. um, it's good to have you back, great. man. Great to be back. Take care. Thank you. Bye.